Thank you so much for participating in really specific stories, Michael. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. It's nice to be here as well. I mean, I've spoken to you on Discord many times, but yeah, first time face to face over the internet, that is. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, I, I've said it to people before. It's always a bit weird when you finally come face to face with someone. You've had text messages in some form or another for a while. So to start this conversation, I want to ask a question of you about your podcasting experience. And that is, how did you first get into podcasts? Oh, that's a really good question because I can remember downloading audio files way back I don't even know if it was uh, distributed over RSS at the time. But I would download these basically radio shows, right, that they would uh, digitize and put online. Uh, I would download them and put them on my... I had a Sony Ericsson uh, uh, phone that could uh, run Java and uh, it could also play MP3 files. So, yeah, that's sort of how I got started. And then eventually everything uh, became its own apps over RSS and yeah. Don't know if, I'm guessing Apple didn't uh, start with the podcasting name. Uh, Can't remember who did, but yeah. Been listening to podcasts for a long time. With those early audio files that you noted, what sort of content was it? What kinds of show were you listening to? Uh, It was different kinds of show. I mean, the the broadcaster here in Norway, they would actually take some of their radio shows with music and everything and just put them online. I was kind of just for test, I think. But I mean, I'm guessing they do similarly everything that BBC does. They try to do a bit later. So uh, BBC had probably tested something like that. So they wanted to copy it. But I also remember early on, there were what you would call, I think... uh, tech shows, we would say today, right? Like a single guy talking about uh, some tech story. I'm a developer, so it was probably developer-related, I would say. But there were also people just talking about their daily life, which was very different, really, to, to what you usually heard on the radio, which was interesting. And what did you enjoy about this on-demand format or the fact that you were downloading this stuff? Well, at the time, I had a quite long commute, so... The ability for me to, I mean, I was already listening to music uh, on the commute, but the ability to listen to these when I wanted during the commute, that was, yeah, I, I like that. Still like that. And what do you still like about it today? What, why has it continued for you? I mean, uh, the ability to, uh, to, to be able to listen to a show when I have the time to listen to a show. I mean, I might listen to a podcast while doing dishes or going for a walk. I mean, I try to do a a walk or a run every evening and that's always podcast time. So, yeah. So so the early days were really about on-demand convenience, fitting into different times of your life and this point about being a developer. Now, I know nothing about development other than what it basically is. Can you tell me about maybe your work as a developer and how that has informed what you find interesting in your shows? Well, uh, I work as a web developer. I work at the company where we create the product for the uh, school and sort of learning uh, space, EdTech. And being a developer, at least in sort of go back 20 years, there were a lot of blogs that would uh, sort of discuss 
problems you might have, different issues. It would present solutions. But it was different thing to sort of hear people, I don't know, maybe, maybe argue about how to solve something or talk about, you know what? I try to do this and this and it never works for me. How do you all solve it? And sort of requesting feedback from sort of the listeners. And at the time I had sort of the, the company I worked for at the time then uh, here in uh, Norway, there were just a couple of developers. Uh, we were spread around uh, Norway, Germany, England, US. So very often I, I wouldn't have that many to sort of discuss topics with because, or at least not sort of talking to it because it would just be messenger or email back in those days. And writing a discussion sort of around this, it can take time. So it sort of listening to other people just talking about this, uh, it felt sort of like you got someone else sort of uh, with you all the time. I think it's kind of similar to the feeling that so many people listening to podcasts, like listening to something like Hemispheric Views, where after a while you start to kind of think, I know these people, even though you don't, right? I mean, I've been listening to, to some people for 10, 15 years, and you sort of think, well, I know them. No, you know one side of them, sort of the, the podcasting side. But still, it kind of makes you think that, yeah, I know these guys. Because, yeah, it, it's mostly guys, right? Uh, it's become a little bit better the last five years with more women, especially in the tech podcasts I live, uh, listen to. But, yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's certainly a need for better diversity in the genre, I think. You've hit a good point there. You just said then that you've listened to some shows for 10 to 15 years. That's a big commitment. What are some of those shows or who are some of those people that you've listened to over the, over time or really had a connection with? So uh, really early on, uh, I started listening to uh, the talk show. Uh, five by Five was uh, an early uh, sort of go-to place for tech podcasts. And at Five by Five, you had both the podcast Hypercritical with John Syracuse and Build and Analyze with Mark Warment. As an uh, Apple fan, I guess, both of those appealed to me. I mean... Former programmers, current programmers. I think a lot of people who started to listen to to them at those shows mo just moved straight on to ATP today, right? So that's some of them. Uh, also, shows by uh, Merlin Mann, again, at 5x5, later at Relay. So, yeah, those are some of the people I've listened to for a long time. So also some radio broadcasts, sort of from the broadcaster here in Norway, there are people that, I mean, one of them I can remember listening to late 70s, and he just retired last year, and I've been listening to his radio show every week since. Wow. Uh, it's a music-related show, though. Uh, but yeah, I would always uh, download the, that podcast and listen to it. Now, I know very little about Norwegian broadcasting, which I think you could probably guess. <laughs> um, what would you say some of the major differences in the content that you listen to between things maybe from the English-speaking sphere or the US, you mentioned ATP, the talk show and so on, and 
the tech related or even other topical stuff from Norway? What are the differences? So the differences would mainly be, I listen to a lot of uh, music and news show uh, from the national broadcaster. Mm -hmm. They have sort of like these daily keep up to date, like five, 10 minutes show with just the headlines. That and uh, they have a lot of music shows actually that uh, I listen to. It's a bit bit different now than it used to be because they can't actually include all the music as they once could. It became too expensive. But I still listen to uh, the shows for the discussions. So that would probably be the main difference. So it's a difference in uh, really the formats of the show that you're listening to. Yeah, a bit and also topic. A lot of the Norwegian shows, at least the music shows, would be a lot of talk around... Uh, maybe a specific artist or a specific song. And they would sort of play maybe like a 20-second clip from uh, one of the songs they're discussing. And uh, I think I mentioned before, uh, I have a great love for the band Iron Maiden. And there's a podcast where each week uh, some musician uh, go on a show and they discuss one song by Iron Maiden. So they spend typically an hour, hour and a half just talking about one song, dissecting it in every way. And as a Maiden fan, I love that. That's amazing that they can get that much into an hour yeah, out of one and song. I'm, I mean, they also try to vary. Like, you might have a drummer one week, right? And he he will sort of, of course, focus on all the drums and, and stuff. And the next week, there might be a, a vocalist. And they they all have different things to, to sort of add to... Uh, to the discussion. Now, you're listening to these shows as podcasts as well, the music ones? Uh, mainly as podcasts, actually. Yeah, again, the time-shifting aspect of it. So that's important to you. You want to be able to have control of how you listen to it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I stopped watching, like, regular TV. I stopped watching that in 2001 because there was enough sort of content available uh, over streaming here in Norway that I could get sort of daily news just by streaming. O- all my media consumption is uh, time-shifted, I guess, or uh, on-demand. So podcasts across genres have this same time-shifting ability or very similar technological advantages. Do you see much crossover in your fandoms or your passions for music and technology, or are they separate worlds for you? Uh, it's mixed, I guess, because I have friends I grew up with who are sort of fans uh, who, who belong to both uh, groups, sort of. But then I also have friends that are clearly in separate groups, right? So it's a bit of both, but I think a lot of people like music, right? So you might listening to a tech show and there will be music uh, discussions, right? So, and also a lot of the, uh, like the show I mentioned with uh, Iron Maiden where they dissect that. Typically the guys uh, and girls there, uh, they're my age or older, right? Even though they have lots of young fans, uh, probably older guys and, and from time to time, they will sort of go like, oh, yeah, I remember sitting in my, my bedroom. Uh, I was either listening to Iron Maiden or I was playing on my Commodore 64. Sort of, And then they might go on a tangent on uh, the best games on Commodore 64, right? 
there's a lot of nerdry going on there as well. That's good. So you feel right at home as a self-proclaimed nerd. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I was actually mentioned on that show once. Um, oh, great. A friend of mine who is a musician, he was on the show and he sort of said, well, I was growing up with these two guys and we were always either play computer or listen to music or do both. And yeah, the, there is a mix of that, of course. So what do you enjoy particularly about Iron Maiden as a band and as a topic to listen to in this podcast? It's a band my my dad got me to listen to as a kid. I mean, all his music, I basically just consumed all of it and made it mine. And yeah, from the early on, the, the lyrics, uh, the music itself, of course, the artwork on their albums, there was something different. Uh, and I mean, they never... I never stopped sort of caring about the music they made. Uh, the 90s were a bit troublesome for a lot of uh, metal bands, <laughs> and so for them as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, now they're closing in on 70. They still make great music. Last week they had a killer concert in Oslo. So yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's really interesting. No, yeah, it's sort of, it was just love at first listen, I guess. It was just, yes, this is my kind of music. Yeah, and it's persisted today. And I think it's really nice what you mentioned about communicating with people of different ages who are all yeah. fans of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, my dad really liked them, uh, got me to listen to them early 80. And when you go to a concert, like last week, you would definitely see people like uh, at my dad's age, people like my age, and a lot of people my age brought their kids. So you, yeah. So a lot of 10, 15 year old kids there as well. I think that's kind of cool that these old guys at 70 can appeal to kids as well. No, I think that's lovely. So you've described how your dad transmitted that musical interest to you, and then you oh, can see the same thing happening around yourself or maybe in your own family. That That's great. So on that point about talking to different people about what you're passionate about, whether it's these music podcasts you're talking about or the tech podcasts, how do you feel communicating to other fans in person or online? How does that work for you? I mean, I've been online for a very long time. Um, so I'm no stranger to sort of participating in discussion forums or chat systems and things like that. And several of the, at least the tech podcasts, often have like a Discord or uh, something similar set up where there is a discussion. And I do participate in uh, some of them. Uh, of course, there's always too many Slacks and too many Discords, so uh, you have to prioritize. But I think uh, some of the tech podcasts, uh, they've sort of, there've been people that's been to, to Norway and sort of like, well, I'm going to be here and here. If anyone wants to join up and have a coffee or grab a beer, please do, right? And I participate in that. And uh, that is fun. Meeting someone face-to-face, -face, always better than just listening. And no pressure, you don't have to name names, but do you have any examples of maybe people from certain shows whom you've met if they came to Not Norway? Not anything famous you would have listened to. Oh, that, that's fine. Uh, no, um, I've only been once... Uh, it's a bit embarrassing. Can't even remember his name now, but <laughs> that's uh, fine. Yeah, but he was fun. We uh, 
we had beers. Uh, there were about seven, eight people there. And yeah, it's nice. No, that's cool. And, and no worries for forgetting the name. Uh, you must be following a lot of different uh, podcasts and slacks and discords, like you said. So which shows would you say that you're the most active with these days? Uh, most active with must be Hemispheric Views. Yes, it has to be oh, said. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't actually expect that, but no, uh, go I mean, on. I'm in the Discord every day, right? Uh, also, uh, I used to be fairly sort of frequent in the six colors uh, and over at Relay. Uh, but most of that is just, there, there's so many people, there's so much discussions going on that it's hard to follow much of it these days. I'm mostly active on uh, on uh, a Discord that's programming related. That and, uh, I mean, Svelte Radio is the connected uh, podcast there. Did you say Svelte Radio? Is that what you said? Svelte Radio is the name of the podcast. And they have a, they have a Discord uh, connected to it. And of course, they're cheating a bit because uh, they're closely associated with the uh, sort of the official uh, Discord of uh, of the same uh, sort of 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 the JavaScript uh, framework called Svelte. So yeah, but I'm active there. Uh, so would you say that you get different things from different communities? Yeah, I mean, at least on uh, on your lovely uh, Discord. I mean, that's sort of like regular people talking about their regular life and also having sort of yeah, I mean, it, it's regular stuff, right? Uh, on many of the, at, at least the programming discords, that will be pretty much programming related. People asking a question, people answering, stuff like that. It's very focused towards issues, I guess, or suggestions for improvements. And I tend to sort of, I participate there because helping other people with their questions makes me better. At work, I will sort of regularly have new people come in that don't know the system that I will have to train. And regularly helping people helps me then also at work. Uh, but it, it's nice to have some places where it's sort of like cozy, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You feel like you know people in a way or how would you describe the relationship? In a way, but it also that People talk about regular stuff, right? Uh, and it's sort of like, it brings it closer, sort of. If you're in a, if you're in a Discord where it's highly sort of focused on, on a specific topic, it, it typically, there's very little of sort of a, a private uh, life sort of mentioned there, right? But I like sort of mentioning stuff that happens whether it's something one of the kids did or whatever. I mean, and that's a that's a sort of, I, I like to have both environments, really. So you can kind of move depending on what it is you want to talk about or how you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Just on what you were saying then, talking to people about regular stuff in our Discord with Hemispheric Views, basically most of the people in that chat, I suppose a representative of podcasting in general, which is... Uh, mainly English-speaking people from the US or similar countries like the UK or Australia. Being in Australia, I know that we're somewhat separate from the US, although we're kind of culturally similar. 
What's it like for you being in Norway? Obviously, you speak English very well, but you come from a different language group and a different culture. How do you feel listening to and talking to people who are from perhaps the majority group of stereotypical podcasting? Um, I, I think coming from Europe in general, uh, it's often kind of strange, to li- especially to listen to American podcasts and discussions there. Because, I mean, US is... Uh, there's something. Uh, how how should I phrase this without sort of uh, making every American uh, hate me? Uh, <laughs> they could do better. I mean, talking about politics and stuff like that. And and often there's a there's a phrase in in Europe uh, of sort of the the ignorant American. Uh, and I have to say, like like reading something like Daring Fireball, uh, where John Gruber talks about uh, stuff in Europe. Often I will agree with him, maybe on a point, but it also comes across as very ignorant often uh, of how things actually are in Europe, and and I think that's the biggest difference. I mean, I don't mind uh, a U.S. centric podcast to to sort of talk about uh, stuff like U.S. is the only country there is, right? You're used to that, and I mean, here in Norway, so much of the things we consume are stuff made either in England, BBC, ITV, stuff like that, or US-based. So it's not something new for us, right? So much of our culture has been influenced by US. Like, I think most of Western Europe, really. So it's an interesting point. So you're not saying ignorant is in a personal label. It's really just anyone talking about something from the outside. Uh, I, I'm very ignorant about lots of stuff in the US as well. I'm sure of it. That's not it. It's just that when you meet Americans on holiday in Europe, they have a way of acting like they know best at all time. And I'm, of course, I'm, I know that not everyone does this, right? Of course. But it's sort of like, it, it's a meme, right? It's the stereotypical American on, on holiday in Europe. And some of that, I feel you sometimes can hear in podcasts as well and sort of related, uh, whether it be blog posts or discussions that's in Discord and stuff like that. Sometimes they come across as, oh, it's always like this. When you get to Europe, it's not. But yeah. It's a valuable assessment that you make because even though you don't want to generalize about everyone and Australia isn't 100% like the US, as an Australian speaking English very comfortably on a podcast, which may be listened to by people elsewhere in the world uh, who have English as a second language, I know that I'm very aware about different things that I might say or assumptions that I might make. So I think you're right that it's very important that you need to be respectful or maybe admit that you don't always know everything. Yeah, and and it has to be said, of course, that Many of the podcasts I listen to have improved a lot in in that sense. I mean, probably a lot of Europeans have uh, hammered their email for quite a long time. Uh, (laughs) Because they typically say, this is, of course, how it is in US. We know it's different elsewhere and all of that. So, yeah. So, it is better uh, now than, let's say, five years ago. Now, here's a question for you. And 
be brutally honest, you are the participant in this. Uh, it, it's your opinion I'm after. When you listen to something like Hemispheric Views, where the hosts are three white males, still very stereotypical, but there is some difference between the American and the two Australian hosts. Do you perceive much of a difference between those two groups or being separate in Europe, as you said, is it kind of the same for you? I think it mostly relates to to branding Mm. because if a brand name is mentioned by Jason, the likelihood of me hearing about it is very, very high. Your brand, not so much. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know why that is, because sometimes you you, you might have linked to, to a Wikipedia or something, right? Or an image of something. And when I see it, it's kind of interesting because, oh, we have that here as well. But here it's called something else, right? And I mean, with these large corporations owning so much of the goods today, it's just the same product with different brand names uh so yeah and also of course i think there is less despair in things you say than jason and i mean back to some of the political situation in us i i get that and also uh like andrew mentioned recently about uh, was it the prime minister who was just taking a walk in a park without a lot of sort of security around it that of course is similar to how it would be in Norway as well, right? I mean, if you look closely, you can see the two big guys following the prime minister, right? But yeah, it, it's not something... He'll, he'll, he can jump on a bus if he wants, and uh, it will be fine, right? I don't imagine the president of the US could do the same. No, not without a big entourage, no. that's for sure. Planned months ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, w- with the media opportunity, I'm sure. <laughs> Now, broadly in your podcasting experience, is there something that I haven't asked you about or that you would like to explore or explain? And and that could be, uh, technologically speaking, uh, the the different media that you consume, your preferences. What's something that's important to you? I think I realized the other day uh, when I was going through my podcast player that I don't think I listened to anything sort of mainstream typically sort of these very small or independent podcasts. I think I have something like 50, 60 podcasts that I subscribe to. Wow. And of those, it's about, I mean, you could say, of course, that the 10 or so podcasts from the national broadcaster, they they, they would be pretty mainstream, right? Uh, Especially in the news uh, show. But, I mean, the rest of them is, I mean... I think some of them, if they have more than 100 listeners, I would be uh, surprised. So I think that's the, the main difference. And and so many of the sort of mainstream shows, I'm just not into. I think that's maybe what I realized, that for me, the smaller shows are typically the, the most interesting. And when you say the smaller shows are more interesting, is that due to purely the niche topics that they're talking about? Or is it also something to do with the way that they're made? Or what would you say? What's the difference? It's many aspects, I think. I mean, you have the, uh, you have the closeness often to, uh, to the people who made it, right? You, you might have 
sort of discussed something with them online or it's also many of them no ads and i mean ads ads are fine right but at least if you listen to, to tech shows i was one of the ones that immediately bought sort of a membership to uh, to skip ads right and so many podcasts because i'm so sick and tired of ads and i think also a couple of years back i started to go through okay i listen to a lot of podcasts by white guys maybe i should try to to listen to some other voices so so i specifically sort of started to look for people of color women to sort of listen to other voices really i started listening also to to a podcast uh oh, what's it called uh alex cox and her uh, partner where they discuss uh, her partner sort of went through uh, a life change uh, and sort of that was a really different experience listening to someone talking about how they sort of discovered that they were trans and yeah the the life altering changes that has to involve it was sort of interesting painful uh, wonderful and yeah so hearing that personal story had an effect on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's fascinating. And when you were looking for these other podcasts, like the one you mentioned with uh, with Alex Cox and her partner, did you find that to find people of colour or with different viewpoints, you could actually find them within the technological genre or you had to go outside of that mainly? I could find them uh, in the text genre as well. Uh, I, I typically started to to go look at uh, Twitter. There were black developers, there were women who sort of mentioned stuff uh, that they listened to. And I just picked a couple of them and uh, yeah, some of them uh, are still around and some of them not. I suppose as a, maybe a final question, unless there is more that you want to say, other than greater diversity in podcasting, is there something that you would like to see develop or improve in podcasting's future? Not include uh, Bitcoin mining? No. Uh, <laughs> what was it called? RSS 2.0. No. Uh, podcasting 2.0, including Bitcoins? No. I mean, I personally are very happy with the current uh, podcast landscape, at least from a, a tech side, right? How I sort of download them and get them. But I mean, installing Overcast on my wife's phone, she was kind of lost, right? she immediately jumped back to uh, the Apple podcast player because Mm. there were bigger, flashier graphics and stuff like that. And maybe sort of, I think it's very easy to to get a lot of uh, ads for all the big sort of mainstream shows when you're there. And uh, I think it would be a good thing if uh, they also sort of broaden their perspective a bit. I'm sure that uh, they are much better now than uh, they were previously. Uh, at least Apple has. Uh, it seems like they've added a lot of people to the curation there. So, so is it fair to say discovery, enhanced discovery, is what you would like? Yeah, uh, and I mean, personally, I think discovery works okay for me because it's a lot of uh, word of mouth, sort of. Uh, it might be people at work or people in some of the online. Uh, arenas i'm on who sort of mentioned it so so i 
I have too many podcasts, to be honest, already, right? So I don't need any more. But still, I do sort of click that subscribe button from time to time still. But I think for a lot of people, like my wife, she finds discovery uh, difficult. Like, she might listen to a true crime podcast. Oh, this was fun. Other more. And I think, uh, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. but yeah, uh, some, uh, I don't know, you have sort of a, YouTube is really good at suggesting new stuff for you to keep you glued to the screen, right? Maybe the same with Netflix and stuff like that. I think for some people, I think could be beneficial to uh, to have something uh, like that built in. No, it's a great point. And I suppose it kind of reflects your enthusiasm for the technology as to how far you go into it or how familiar you are with different interfaces or discovering things. That's really fascinating. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention about your podcasting experience before we wrap up? No, I can't think of anything. I mean, to begin with, I was kind of surprised when uh, when I saw your uh, interview suggestion. Mm. Because, oh, yeah, podcasting. Yeah, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. And <laughs> I, I guess some people... My, maybe not me, but some people, are, I'm sure, have interesting things to say about podcasts. Given how many podcasts you listen to and uh, the amount of experience you have over time subscribing to them, I think I found one of the right people to talk to. Uh, I don't know. But look, um, if you're comfortable to stop there, we can wrap up. Yep. Perfect. All right. So, Michael, it's been really great to chat to you. And thank you Likewise. for sharing your time with me on really specific stories. And uh, I'll see you back in the Discord, obviously. Obviously. (laughs) Thanks for your time.